and welcome everybody to Dying with the Divine. I'm your host, Ashley, and together we will be exploring the magical, the mystical, and everything in between. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking runes, and we'll be talking Norse Mythology 101. So today we have a great guest. We have Lily Statham. She is a Norse pagan witch behind the Instagram at Mystic Primrose. Her work focuses on creating informative posts and articles about witchcraft and paganism aimed at beginner slash intermediate witches, as well as giving personalized guidance. Her goal is to help you awaken your inner witch and guide you along your witchcraft journey. Hey, Lily, how are you? I'm not too bad yourself. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think everybody's seen you on Instagram. You're like, <laughs> your videos are everywhere. I really like your aesthetic. It's really cool. Um, but what got you started on this journey? When did you start? How did you start? And all that good stuff. Uh, honestly, it's been a while now. <laughs> <laughs> so a friend of mine, like ages ago, uh, took me to like, a metaphysical shop where they sold crystals and stuff. And I was like, what the hell is this place? <laughs> like, what have I just walked into? And uh, I can remember they had, like, dowsing pendulums, like, hanging from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what are they? And she was like, oh, they help you to, like, answer yes or no questions and stuff. And at that time, I had a crush on someone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, they can tell me whether I'm actually going to go out <laughs> with them or not. So me being, like, 16 was like, okay, I've definitely got to get one of these because I know all my answers and stuff. And then it just like, went from then, from then. I don't know. It just, I didn't really realise it was all, like, witchcraft and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I, like, stumbled upon how to create your own altar and I made it in, like, the back of my wardrobe because I didn't want my mum to think I was, like, a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you getting salt from the kitchen? I was like, leave me alone. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then just, like, honestly, I had no idea what I was doing, I'll be honest. Um, but it just, like, went from then. And... I think I ended up creating my Instagram just mainly a place where I could take like witchy photos for myself and not put them on my own personal one mm-hmm. and not have like people judge me. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like after the first few posts, people started liking it and I was like, what <laughs> like, <laughs> i think i got like a hundred likes or something on like my third post and i was like oh. what the hell is this it's <laughs> many likes in my life so i just went from there and then it just grew into what it is now yeah. but i think instagram has kind of it's helped me like document my journey and encouraged me to like learn more and stuff because obviously people showed an interest in it and they started mm-hmm. asking me questions and i was like I don't know the answers to this. I need to Google it before I respond. Yeah. And, and it's gone from there. So I'm slowly getting there with it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how, and this has happened, I think, to a lot of people. It happened to me too. I feel like we were all spurred on at some point by a question about a relationship. Like, like that's how I started learning tarot was because I broke up with like my first love and I was like, yeah. oh, I went to Barnes and Noble and I was like, I saw a book and I was like, oh, is he going to come back? It's kind of sad. I know, like 19 year old me, like looking at it, like, oh, I need to figure this out. I'm like so messed like, up. I think so when I did buy the pendulum and I went back and asked its question and it was like, yes, you will date this person at some point. Mm-hmm. And start off with the first time it was like four hours <laughs> I dated them for. Like, it was kind of like not until... I think first year uni that I maybe actually got in a relationship with this person. I do apologize to the person if they're listening now. <laughs> they don't know who it is, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but I think we ended up being in a relationship for like six months, maybe, maybe not even that. And I was like, the pendulum wasn't wrong, but I don't really want to be in a relationship with you. So, <laughs> like, <I know. laughs> kind of weird, but it's what it is. I know. I love, oh yeah, I love pendulums. I love them, but also I never use them really. Like I used to once in a while and then I'm like, I don't know. I feel like with pendulums, you, and I heard this before and I didn't know if it was really true, but I do believe it. Like you don't know exactly, like unless you do a lot of protection and stuff, sometimes you don't know what's moving it. And yeah, I tend to not think about that sort of thing. <laughs> it's like the number of people that have asked me on like my Instagram. I don't know whether I'm just gonna out myself right now. No. But the, uh, do you cast a circle beforehand? Do you do like protection? And I'm like, 
and I'll just go for it. Whatever comes, I don't care that much. So if anything happens, I'll deal with it later on. But if I can just get a moment without doing that. You're just like raw dogging your witchcraft and I love it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It hasn't come back to bite me on the bum just yet. I'm sure you're going to be absolutely fine. (laughs) We'll find out. Um, I really like about what you do on your page is like we talked about in your bio you do a lot of beginner stuff Mm. I think that's so helpful you're like a little bit younger than me but I know when I was 15 16 I was like really interested in spirituality and stuff there was maybe a few books like you would pick up and there's not a lot of stuff and I find that now on the internet, um, there's people who do it the way you do it, who do, okay, this is how you would start. This is how you would do it. And then there's a lot of people who talk and use a lot of lingo and words, and sometimes they don't explain it. And that's Mm -hmm. no problem. Maybe they're aiming towards like a different crowd and that's not an issue, but I really like that you aim for, okay, guys, like this is how you're going to do it. Even if you're doing it the first time and you just show people step by step, I think that's so helpful. And I think a lot, that's why a lot of people really, I think like the reason why I like don't like talk and stuff with them is because I'm rubbish at explaining things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually terrible. So I'm like, you do this and do that, like film it Mm -hmm. and then just not dumb it down, but make it as basic as possible. And like, I can't bother to make it complex (laughs) like I'm doing a spell because it needs to be done and like I unless it's like some big grand gesture thing or some big thing that I want to like manifest then maybe I'll take it a little bit more serious and go a little bit more like complex but other than that like it doesn't need to be over the top and I think people think you have to do it in such a specific way and you have to do it this way it's going to go completely wrong if you do it this way but it doesn't matter like yeah. as long as it works for you and you kind of like in the right ballpark with things if you're doing like a protection spell you're using things that include that correspond to like protection and stuff mm-hmm. then that's fine and you're not just using some all sorts of random shit <laughs> like <laughs> it's fine there's no like rules and regulations to it and i think especially when i get people in my comment section going you've got to do it this way you've got to do it that yeah. way i'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> i just I, is it needed yes it works for you but it doesn't mean you need to like shove it down someone else's neck saying they have to do it this way yeah like at the end of the day it's your own practice do what works for you i'm just showing you what's worked for me it's up to you whether you completely copy it or you make it your own version so- yeah and you think like in every say it's like you're doing something and it's about like abundance in every culture in the world they have some type of practice for abundance so yeah. i think it's about intention right so like if you are doing it a certain way and someone comes in your comments like well, that's not what the way i do it okay cool like that's fine <laughs> like you can do it any way you want i think it's like ice cream bands that's, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> I don't want an ice cream. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? I think I think the, my most recent post about doing like writing the runes on like your uh, wrists and stuff. Mm-hmm. The number of people I've had. No, you meant to write it on your left wrist. You meant to write it on your right wrist. I'm just like, I've been taught this. You've mm-hmm. been taught that. You do what works for you, and I'll do what works for me. Yeah. Don't come at me in the comments because you've done it a different way. Mm-hmm. It works for me, and that's how I'm going to do it. So. Yeah. You go do what you want to do. <laughs> I know. People get very picky and, like, what's the word? Like, gatekeepy about practices. Yeah. And, like, that, again, that's why your page is good. Because you're like, no, this is just one way to do it, everybody. And you find, like, a lot of people, I see a lot of people, you know, we read, we all read the books and we do this and we do that. But eventually, if you keep practicing, you find a way that works for you. What way helps you do this thing the best or helps you manifest this the best? Having a starting point is the best thing. So that's why it's good yeah. to see somebody do it. I don't know. So you really seem to really have passion for teaching people. And where it's come from. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I was like, where? I was like do you, did you always like want to show people or was it just like you just love doing your craft so much that you're like i'm just gonna share it with the world i think it's more that as then like i don't really know so i started doing like posts 
they were just like witchy aesthetic posts Mm -hmm. and then people were asking questions what does this do what does that do and at that point I felt like I didn't know enough to be able to teach someone Mm -hmm. because obviously I'm still learning like I don't know everything yeah and um, I think I just when reels started like coming in I think I did like a couple of like spell job videos and gosh they're absolutely horrendous like <laughs> but, like they did better than everything else did mm. so I just went with the flow with that and then it's got into me teaching people mm. and it's not until say I join a podcast or I talk to someone where they're like oh you teach people I'm like I guess I do <laughs> like, I'm just filming in my office like I'm just in my own little world I'm just because you don't like obviously see everyone from the internet do you yeah and it's kind of like i'm just posting on my account as i've always have done and then when people start asking me questions i'm like oh shit people actually look up to me <laughs> so I, to tell them stuff so i'm like okay maybe i need to actually get my shit together and like i've never like, gone wanted to go down like a teaching route it's kind of just happened but I wouldn't be able to teach anyone about any other thing. So it's the only thing I can teach people about. Oh, no, that's fine. It's something that you, like you said, you've never been meant to go down a teacher path, but it's something you're so passionate about. So it's probably, yeah. it makes it easier because you're like, oh, okay. I don't know too much about this, but I'll explain it. I think it's because, so like, I've got a, I've been invited to do like some workshops in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. To do with like witchcraft and stuff in, in start of next year and I've never done anything like that before Mm -hmm. and it terrifies me a little bit because so I originally did a degree in zoology which has nothing to do with (laughs) witchcraft at all and I just I've been so rubbish at presentations I know at uni like there'll be one thing I just struggle with just because I can't remember what to say or anything but I feel like witchcraft can teach people because I like I'm comfortable I it's all my day yeah. is like eat breathe spell jars <laughs> pretty much so I'm sure I'll be fine and I think with like Instagram and stuff it's definitely built my confidence with things so witchcraft I can teach yeah so not so much <laughs> it's fine it's fine maybe one day you'll figure out how to sprinkle in your zoology with it and it'll all work out <laughs> I think my mum was hoping I'd go down the whole zoology route and um, be a scientist and everything. I was like, nope, I'm doing I, I think you've picked a great career path and I love it. it I feel like I've met so many like-minded people as well. Because like, in my friendship group, I'm just the weirdo. <laughs> There's no other one, that no one else that's really into it. So I'm Same. just like, yeah. just do me. So like Instagram's kind of like where I can actually meet people that are like into the same thing. So. Yeah. I know. I feel like that with this podcast. I'm like, yeah. I've met all these people who are like just really cool and want to talk to me and geek out about this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, my like regular, my best friends who like, we've been friends forever, they don't want to talk to me about this. Like, they're, they're like, what do you want about? <laughs> exactly. They're like, shut up. <laughs> no, believe me, it's true. Exactly. Just get into it. They love us and accept us, but they don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, they're like, here's a weirdo, but it's fine. <laughs> We'll still hang out with you. It's all right. <laughs> Just don't start throwing crystals down. Like, trust me, this one works. Take it. <laughs> Who's bothering it? Work. Some black. Yeah. But it's like that. Is it on Pirates of the Caribbean where she gives Jack Sparrow the jar of dirt, mm-hmm. and she's like, "You don't have to have the jar of dirt if you don't want it." Yeah. And they're like, "No, I'll take it. I'll take it." <laughs> <laughs> I know I find that a lot of people do that they'll be like oh I don't believe in that kind of thing or whatever and you give them something or something but they'll be like oh yeah I'll keep it like oh you want me to keep this in my car I'll I'll keep in my car yeah and then they're like oh maybe it does work (laughs) when they go home I know they'll tell you one story they'll be like I don't know if it's just coincidence or it's this random rock you keep giving me did tell you exactly (laughs) no You don't have to believe me, but it works. There's a whole group of people out here. We all know. (laughs) We believe the weirdos. (laughs) We're only trying to help you guys. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go to our next section, which is where we talk about our dish of the week. So I have um, this book, and I really love it. It's called The Kitchen Witch's Cookbook, and it's by Patricia Telesco. 
it has lots of interesting, different, um, random recipes for like all different types of things. Some of them, and in the back it has the index, some of them for abundance, some of them for love, some of them depending on like astrological symbols, which I'm terrible at. Some of the different, <laughs> some of the different holidays. Yeah, I'm terrible with that. I'm always just, I'm a Gemini. That's as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so I picked out a couple cool, um, a couple cool different recipes from this book, and I'll tell you guys what they are. Again, I'll try to write them down somewhere, but I don't know where on the internet's to write it, but I'll figure it out. Um, so the first thing we have here is the breadsticks of a bedding. So the breadsticks of a bedding include. Some Parmesan cheese, some Romano cheese, some dried basil, some bread dough, and one egg beaten. So they're breadsticks. They sound really good. And they're magically associated with enduring love or energy aimed towards a specific goal. And they are good for any celebration. But they're an interesting kind of dough. I guess these things are things that you eat and you use your magic uh, when you're baking it. Or you feed it to people who you're trying to spread that magic to. Oh, it also. Oh, and then also each ingredient has different, uh, different attributes. So we have, let's see. It says for cleansing, you use red pepper and garlic with dill, and for harmony, you use for harmony and health, you would brush the breadsticks with honey while you're baking it. So I thought that's pretty neat. Make me hungry. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Every time I was looking through this book, I was like, I need to make all these things, but I'm way too lazy. I just wish somebody like gave them to me. I'm like, I want to bake all these things. Um, End up burning it. I like, like, guess my intention. <laughs> In a lump of charcoal. I know. Just... Then you're like, wait, now do I have to do protection? Is this bad? <laughs> <laughs> The other one I found, this one's an interesting one. And this one uh, is a celebration for, this one goes with a Samhain celebration, which is cool. So it's a stir, stir fry with celery, bamboo, and mushrooms. Some people hate mushrooms. I feel like mushrooms either love them or you hate them. Uh, but I'm sure you can. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I love mushrooms. There's And there's also a documentary on Netflix called Fantastic Fungi. I think I've seen that. Yeah. I've... And I watched it and now I'm like, I need to eat all the mushrooms. <laughs> They're going to save us all. I'm like... <laughs> so with this one, oh, it also is associated with broomsticks and black cats. So in for here, it's the little intro to this recipe says brooms were made. Brooms were used in the craft as emblems of fertility especially during the harvest festivals. They were also considered an indispensable household item, which moved luck into the home and ill fortune out. This dish looks quite a bit like a broom. If you lay some uncooked sprouts on top of the serving dish as shown below in the book, black cats have the honorable position of being one of the most widely known of which is familiar. So for this dish, you would get some sesame oil, celery, stalks, bamboo shoots woodier mushrooms i think woodier mushrooms are those the chicken ones the ones that are chicken of the woods i'm not sure no. um, clove, clove garlic soy sauce celery alfalfa or bean sprouts and cooked rice sounds pretty good um sounds like you're a nice stir fry that you would put on top and it's really good also if you're studying wicca craft workings magical circles or honoring magical history so that's that one. I love that one too. It actually sounds like something I've made in the past, probably not with an intention, but it was like, oh, this is easy for dinner. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm going to make this. Literally. Exactly. And our last one, flipping to the page here. Our last one here, we got rose mousse, which sounded pretty good. Um, so in Southern Greece, the Sabarites were said to make, said to be such light sleepers that a folded rose petal beneath their pillows would disturb them. In contrast, John Gerard felt that a scent of a rose aided sleep. Ancient Greeks ascribed the rose to the goddess of dawn and the goddess of silence, which may be why the rose appears in many medieval banquet halls as a reminder of confidentiality. Okay, you add a whole bunch of sugar, six Six, almost seven cups of sugar. That's a lot. Some water, some roses, some lemon juice, some egg whites, some rose brandy. I didn't even know they had rose brandy and some vanilla. And you dissolve all this in a large saucepan. You <clears> wait for it to crystallize and then you eat it. It comes out like a fruit jam. Sounds pretty good, actually. Um, 
and you could probably put it on a biscuit or a scone would probably be really nice. So some of the magical attributes of this recipe are awareness of others' feelings, helping you enduring rom- romance and trustworthiness and to help you get some sleep. And it is the celebrations. It is uh, it goes with our renewing vows, forgiveness rituals, festival of brightness and asking festival and hands down Monday. I don't know what hands down Monday is. I'm going to look it up. Okay, <laughs> so that's our dishes of the week. And again, this is from the book, A Kitchen Witch's Cookbook. I'll put it in the show notes, a link to like the link to if you want to get this book. It's pretty good. Uh, so this is a part of the show where I plug myself. So if you enjoy the show, you can follow me on all the socials. I'm at Dine with the Divine on Instagram and Dine with the Divine on Facebook. And if you really like the show, you can pause it even right now. Unless you're driving, don't do that. Wait till you get home. Uh, you can you can make sure you're following us on whatever app you listen to us on and you can give us a five-star rating because that helps other people find us you can also give me a tip if you really want you can give me one dollar you can give me five dollars you can give me nothing it doesn't matter but just so you know you have the option it's in the show notes and if you have any questions comments concerns feel free to email me at dinewiththedivinepod at gmail.com okay cool let's move on so (laughs) our next subject it's tea time. So at tea time, we do a little educational thing. Let's, our whole thing is kind of educational today, but we're just going to keep going. We're going to talk about runes. So I did notice that you were doing a lot of rune symbols lately on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is really neat. I don't, I always see, so I always want a rune set because they look pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I always see like different people put them on different crystals and stuff and yeah i always like oh i want to buy one i have no idea how to use them they're just really cute i think like i started using them mainly because i had no idea what i was doing tarot cards Mm. and there's like how many tarot cards about 56 or something oh 78 (laughs) i'm aware (laughs) (laughs) whereas with runes there's like 25 I'll just go down that path because it's easier. And I don't know, I feel like I've been more drawn to them. Tarot cards. Tarot cards scare me a bit. I think it's just a lot to learn. That's fine. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about divination is everybody has their own method. Like some people use bones, some people use runes, some people use shells, some people use coffee grounds. I can't do coffee yeah. grounds, but I love, that's why divination is so fun because there's a million different ways to do it. Um, so if you're like listening to this and you're like, what are runes? runes? So this is like a definition I got from this. I think it's a new world encyclopedia online. So this is like the historical rune definition. Okay. So runes are letters in the runic alphabets of the Germanic speaking peoples written and read most predominantly from at least 160 CE onwards in Scandinavia in the elder Furtherarch script and the younger Furtherarch script. So these are two different types of scripts. Um, the younger is like the modernized script of the elder, obviously, uh, it, which illuminated the Viking Age, which was from about 790 to 1100 CE, as well as in England and the Frisia in the Anglo-Saxon Furtherarch. Uh, yep, I know that sounds a little confusing, but basically all you need to know is this was an alphabet. Uh, people use these letters uh, for different things um, and during the viking age so that was when there was a lot of norse people traveling around from 790 to 1100 they were using this writing system and writing things down uh, and then it also spread to the different germanic peoples are people in different they're all the different germanic tribes that were in mainland europe english is way more connected to germanic languages than we are to like the romantic languages like latin so i know it seems everyone's like oh it's like latin it's not really old english is more like germanic so we're actually more connected our language that we're speaking right now is more connected to the runes than latin um so anyway so the people use them they were really tough to decipher at first but then a lot of scholars went and did a lot of research and they figured it out Let's see. So then what are runes and how did they come to be? So one of the ideas is North in Norse mythology. They say that there was the God Odin gained the knowledge of the runes after sacrificing himself and hanging on the world tree for nine nights with no food and no drink. We're going to talk about the world tree in a little bit. Um, They were said to be 
inscribed on different um, different things by the Norns. The Norns are the fates in North mythology. So in different cultures, they have the fates. There are usually three witches. That always seems to be the theme. It's always three. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, it's, three. it's three. It's always like three women. One's young. One's like, it's always the whole maiden mother crone. That's usually how they go. And it's in like, so many different cultures. It's the same. Uh, so the Norns are the fates and the Norns were said to have written these runes down and then Odin figured it out. And Odin, he hung on the world tree for a really long time and figured out how to read them so one really thing i one thing i think is really interesting about north norse mythology and the way people have said to read runes is that for the nordic people and this is a quote from a different website i put it in the show notes for the nordic people destiny is not linear it does not follow a straight line from one point to another it's seen as a spider web where many threads are intertwined our actions affect the personal threads uh, but the but also the threads of others there's a concept called word destiny, which is the actions affect our present, past, and future. The first Norn weaves the word, the second does the spinning, and the third sets the fulfillment of the destiny. The latter often has to undo everything if the first two change, which I think the concept that people don't really get about divination. I think in divination, and you can tell me too what you think, Lily, like, when you read something for somebody or even for yourself, people will say, tell me my future, tell me what's going to happen. But I always tell people like if tomorrow you decide to dye your hair a different color, it may just change everything. I think like people just expect like, I think my friend ages ago, I think her mom had a tarot card reading done. And I can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head, but it was like, this was going to happen but the way they said it was that it's like set in stone and she like avoided everything mm -hmm. i can't honestly can't remember what it was off the top of my head but she avoided like all the scenarios that might lead to that and it's just like tarot cards they're meant to be there to like give you an insight into say like a situation that you're not too why is my dog chasing her tail right now <laughs> <laughs> You pay attention to me. Behave. <laughs> 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 um, like, what was I saying? Um, with like tarot cards and stuff, like nothing's set in stone. And like you said, if you suddenly decide to change your viewpoint on something, then the whole tarot card reading could change. Mm. And it's just to give you insight into, say, a situation. It could be like, a relationship with someone and it could be like the way I take it is that that's how the reading gives you how you're feeling right there and then and if you were to like wake up tomorrow and be like you know what I'm gonna do this instead ignore the power reading, then it like changed slightly then so like it's not set in stone and I guess this is what like people are terrified of with tarot card readings and that it's all bad and everything but interpret it how you want to there's nothing to i'm a little bit scared of there's nothing to be scared about i'm just scared of being outed yeah <laughs> what i don't want to hear but you did ask me i was like yeah, well, i didn't need telling that <laughs> so, shut up <laughs> just pull another one it'd be the same thing again <laughs> i know people like i think people i always tell people like this is the highest probability and I think this is in most forms of divination. Some are different, but I would say like, this is the highest probability. If you don't change anything about what you're doing, if you do everything the same and you go into this situation, this is the highest probability of what happens. But a lot of the time people are asking a lot of the time about relationships, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Cause I get that um, as we spoke about before. Um, so when people are like, Oh, should I break up with them? I'm like, well, if you continue down this road and this, you've told me all these things that this person has done or um, how they treat you in a good or bad way or whatever you tell me, this is the highest probably highest probability of what can happen. But if tomorrow you decide you don't want to deal with it anymore, like, okay, like it's fine. I, yeah, nothing is set in stone because things change all the time. And <clears throat> 
every, all people and every form of divination is trying to give you power for your own life. You don't have to sit yeah. there. Yeah. And like, I can't, like you said, like your friend's mom, I, I'm not going to do anything. No, that's not the point. The point is we're just trying to empower you and mm-hmm. tell you this is what could happen if you keep doing these things. But you shouldn't be nervous. Just be aware. I think that's the thing with, say, if you're a tarot card reader and stuff, and if someone then comes to you with personal situation and they're using, like, I don't know, will, will I get back with X, Y, and Z or something like that after mm-hmm. they've broken up, and then they then turn around and say, but the tarot cards reading said that I would, but now we're not together. It's just, I think... It's hard in the fact that then they'll then put the blame on you, but at the same time, you need they need to like educate themselves in that tarot card readings are just there to give you insight into a situation. And if your viewpoint changes, then the cards are more likely to change. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't come at me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, don't come at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's been told? But I think that's the misconception with it all, right? I do feel like people need to learn that, especially before they go into a tarot card reading or something, yeah. just because covers everyone's ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I know. I used to do a lot of like, reading affairs and stuff, mm-hmm. and I quickly learned to to give a disclaimer beforehand because people would get very. I learned that quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we're like, what? Yeah, it's like, all right, but like, first of all, calm down. Second of all, you gave me, like, when I used to do it, but, like, five bucks. I'm like, you gave me five bucks to pull three cards. What do you think's happening here? Just, you know, and everything happens the way it's going to happen. So it's fine. Everyone calm down. That is what we're trying to tell you. Okay. So also back to the rune. So the word rune actually comes from the old Norse word whisper or secret. And there's 24 runes plus an unnamed rune. So that's 25, like you said. And... They're divided into three groups, eight each, and the groups are called a tier. And each a tier. And also, again, if anybody's listened to this before, you know that my pronunciations are real iffy sometimes. So I apologize. I'm iffy. So the Atir represent an evolutionary path that develops through this. Signs are connected to each other, especially with the previous and subsequent signs. Oh, okay. So it's it's actually similar to tarot, especially in the major arcana, the the first twenty two cards. Usually, they're re- it's a story, just like the runes are kind of each one's connected. So we got. I'm just gonna list them really quick. So we got. I'm not going to say the Norse word because I will mess it up. Some of them are fine to say, but so we got one that's like wealth, power, trolls, mouth, road, torch, talent, joy, havoc, night, freeze, harvest, strength, hidden, defense, sun, warrior, birth, luck, human, lagoon, living, dawn, and estate. Okay, cool. Um, so then there's different ways obviously like everything there's different ways you can read the runes how do you usually read the runes uh i think like you can make it as like complicated or as simple as you want Mm -hmm. so what i tend to do is i normally just pull out four that either represent like past present future and then your like thoughts throughout or i could just pull a couple throughout the day just to at the start of the day just to gain insight into a situation that i might be facing and stuff i tend to not do with all witchcraft related divination sort of things i don't overcomplicate anything mm-hmm. but like i use it as a way as like, i don't know just like more convenient sort of thing just like incorporating it into my day rather than make it into like some big massive thing mm-hmm. uh, so i just i do it quite simple just pulling a couple out here and there and obviously cleanse your like room bag beforehand and stuff and do it that way mm-hmm. but i don't do anything over complicated i just mm-hmm. quick and easy is <laughs> is my way forward for things yeah and i think probably with most again with a lot of forms of divination and it sounds like with runes that's probably also the best way to familiarize yourself with it and mm-hmm. learn it right if you pull everybody doesn't have time to like, okay i'm gonna do this deep meditative exercise no it's fine maybe you wake yeah. up in the morning you got a couple minutes before you eat your breakfast or after you're like all right let me pull a few and see how my day's gonna go 
and then go from there. So it sounds pretty, pretty like everybody does. So there's a bunch of different ways to read, obviously. We heard how Lily does it, but there you can pull one, which some people call the Eye of Odin or the Extraction of One Rune. You can pick the Hugin and Muin, which is uh, actually the name of Odin's two crows that kind of hang out with him all the time. There's one where you can pull three runes, and some people call this the three Norns, like we talked about before. And then there's classical reading where you kind of like spill them out. There's a lot of different ways of casting runes. You can pull four, like Lily was talking about. Um, there's a lot of different ways. So if you're interested in learning runes, I suggest you go all over the internet because it's everywhere. It's not hard to figure out how to do this. Okay. Lily talks about the rune symbols a lot on her Instagram, so you can go over there too and look. Um, but yeah, it's another form of divination. And this is like the Norse version of divination. So those are the runes. So now we're going to come to our story time. So our story time is going to be today. It's Norse mythology 101 uh, because we're going to probably tell a lot of Norse mythology at some point on this podcast with different stories because there's lots of stories uh, we know all of these stories from it's called the Edda it's a big epic poem that they found from the Norse people and that's how we know so much about Norse mythology now it can get very confusing when you get into uh, the family tree of Norse mythology I put like a link in the show notes some people just appear some people are made by one person some people are made by the by two people some people are made because they're under ice we don't know norse mythology is very exciting because it's very unpredictable most people know norse mythology when you think of uh, just went out of my brain marvel movies now because of thor and loki Uh, side note thor in the marvel movies is just a big strong guy but he doesn't have much going on up there and that's literally how they talk about him in norse mythology like everyone everyone kind of shits on thor and it's funny loki loki is constantly shitting on thor because he knows loki even though loki can be a dick sometimes he's way smarter than thor and in a lot of there's uh, Neil Gaiman wrote Norse mythology and it's really good how he goes through it. And in a lot of the stories, Loki, who is like the trickster, he also will just, like do terrible things and afterwards be like, my bad. <laughs> oh, I love it. I know. <laughs> I, you, you don't like Loki, but you also are just like, oh, Loki, here he goes again. He'll like kill people and be like, oh, and then they'll go to punish him. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Anyway, he doesn't. It's so funny if you read this the book that Neil Gaiman wrote, which is obviously he's doing this translation of the Edda, but um, it's literally every story. It's like, and then Loki lit everything on fire, and then the gods were like, "Loki, we have to punish you." He's like, "But I'm really sorry this time." <laughs> Wait until next week. <laughs> I know. He's like, I'll learn. Don't worry. Sorry. Um, but it's hilarious. Okay. So the Norse people include, just so we all know, the Germanic people of one of the, are the indigenous people of Northern Europe. So this includes the Celts, the Sami, the Finns, and others. They've occupied Scandinavia, Iceland, the British Isles, continent, most of continental Northern Europe's north of the Alps. And they're best represented by the Vikings, the Angles, the Saxons, or the Anglo-Saxons, and the continental Germanic tribes, but other groups as well. Okay, so in Norse mythology, we're going to tell this story of how... First, we're going to talk about there's nine worlds. Let's start right there. There's a big tree. It's called Grustal. It's spelled... Okay, another thing about the Norse is they, they don't love vowels. They love a consonant. So there's lots of consonants next to each other. So some of their words are kind of hard to say. But just know it's called like Grustal. 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 Something like that. It's Y-G-D-R-A-S-I-L. So this is the world tree. It's a big tree. And all the worlds are contained in this tree. There's nine different worlds. And these are the worlds. And we'll go more into it later. But I'm just going to tell you what they are first. And then we're going to get into the rest of the story. So there's Nelfheim, Asgard, Midgard, Jotunheim, Vanaheim, Alfheim, Vartz, 
hold on, Vartelsfeheim and Helheim. There we go. The nine worlds, like I said, are in the branches and the roots of the tree. So in the beginning, let's talk about the beginning of the Norse. In the beginning, there was a void. The void was called Ginnungagap. I practiced that one finally. Okay. <laughs> so in Ginnungagap, there was nothing. So then first came Nilfheim. Nilfheim literally means the mist home or the mist world. So this is the coldest, darkest region. And it's south of Ginnungagap, the void. And the realm, the other realm was then created out of the void. And it's called Mispelheim and the land of fire. And it was so hot that all it would do was just be lava and smoke. And it was just like, really, nobody could live there. So then there was this place in the great void where Mispelheim and Nilfheim started to come together. And when they came together, it hit, the fire melted ice and stuff became just start dripping. There was water all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, out of the ice came this humanoid creature. And this ended up being the first Jotun. Jotun means giant. And the giant's name was Ymir. This is the first, well, thing in Norse mythology. The first living humanoid person. Okay. So Ymir, he woke up and he's like, where the hell am I? What's going on? I'm in this weird place. Because <laughs> I'm me, I'm sad enough. <laughs> <laughs> Ymir has been all of us at some point they're like what he's like what's going on so what do you do when you're really confused sometimes you just go to sleep <laughs> wake up. I'll wake up and hope in my bed exactly you're like I'll figure it out somebody will carry me home it'll be okay yeah. <laughs> and actually I'm sorry it's Ymir not Ymir it's Ymir so when Ymir fell asleep he started to sweat because he was probably sleeping close to the Muselfheim part and he got hot so his sweat uh, just started to pour out and he grew two more giants out of his sweat kind of gross but okay no problem so we all descend from giant sweat yeah exactly <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so hot uh, so one was a guy and one was a girl and then randomly uh, out of his leg i don't know how it worked but out of his leg came another guy and his name was thurigamir and he, which is also meant Strength yeller. Okay, cool. So there's three more people to hang out with Amir now. He's super happy. At least I was really bored for those couple hours I was created. So then on another part, the ice started to melt again. And from this ice came Abhumbla, which Abhumbla is a giant cow. So great. Now we have something to eat and some milk. So everybody fed from Abhumbla from its udders and they were great and they were really hungry. So this was a great addition to their family. So the cow fed everybody. And one day she saw a part of the ice that was really salty and she loved it. So she started licking. I don't know why I'm calling her a girl cow. Who knows? I don't know. So <laughs> the cow started licking. And then when they were licking for three days and then on the third day, a body came out of where they were licking. They licked so much, they licked to the bottom. And this was a man, and his name was Buri, and he was the first god. Now, it's hard to know exactly what the difference is between the gods and the Jotun or the giants, but I think the gods were able to do magical shit, and I don't think the Jotun were. I think they were just big. So I think <laughs> that's what it seems like. Yeah. So anyway, Buri, Buri was the first of the gods. So Buri, he was a giant um, and he was super handsome and hot. So later on, he had a son called Bor again. And then he had a son called Bor with his wife, Besla. <laughs> I don't know where I've come from. <laughs> All right. So the man, so Buri came out of the ice. Okay. And then he was a giant. And then he had a son named Bor. Oh, I think Bor's. Boar's sister is Basla. There weren't that many people, so they had to have babies. So I think that's the situation. Sorry. Mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Boar and Basla were brother and sister, but then they ended up getting married because there was nobody else to marry. You know how it was with the gods back in ancient Egypt. They did the same thing all the time. Anyway, it was fine. They're gods. It, the, the genes, it didn't matter. So anyway, so Boar and Basla, then they had three sons. The first one you've heard of before, Odin. 
Vili and V are his brothers. You don't really hear about Vili and V that much, but Odin we hear a lot of. Odin, aka Woden, aka like a million different names depending on which Germanic tribe you're talking about. And Odin is for Woden's Day, which is Wednesday. So Wednesday. If you've ever read American Gods, Mr. Wednesday is Odin. I'm obsessed with American Gods. I talk about it way too much. Anyway, Odin, Billy, and V. So Odin, Billy, and V were just living their best lives out here. They were gods too. And they got nervous. They were all chatting one day and they're like, there's mad giants out here and there's only a few of us gods. And one day they're just going to kill all of us and we don't know what to do. So they came up with a plan and they're like, hmm, how are we going to get rid of some of these gods? So they're like, we're going to have to kill Emir, our great, great grandfather or whatever at this point. Because if we kill him, then he can't keep making giants. It'll be the end of the giants. That's what they're trying to say. Um, so one day they planned a whole plan and they went and attacked him and they killed him. So they had to use all their might to do this uh, because he's a giant and they're not. They're just three gods. So he bled so much, Emir, that he drowned everybody else. He drowned all the other giants. Except for two. Yeah, he was fucking. Yeah. (laughs) And you'll see um, what they do with the. Yeah, you'll see. Uh, But he drowned everybody except for two giants who Odin, Vili, and V decided to spare. And they just had to go live in Jotunheim, which is the land for the giants. They went there and he said they could live there forever, but they just couldn't come back to where they were. So. What did they do after they killed this giant and his blood was everywhere and drowned everyone? This is not a great situation. But they were like, hey, we're going to make lemons out of lemonade, guys. So we're going to create a world. <laughs> so they created the world. So they bragged his to the center of Ginnungagap, that void that we were talking about. And his blood became the oceans, rivers, and lakes. His flesh became the land. His bones became mountains. His teeth became rocks. And his hair became grass and trees and his eyelashes became the Midgard. So Midgard is where the humans live. Um, They threw his brains up into the air and it became the clouds and his skull became the sky. (laughs) I like when you looked up like, hey, Amir, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) How you doing? Um, And then they use his what was the thing oh they used some sparks that were shooting up out of Mispelheim from the volcanoes and stuff and they put them in the sky and they made stars okay cool um and then <laughs> and then what's the physics behind all of this <laughs> i don't know like that this is why i love mythology because it doesn't need to make sense ever the ancient people were like we have tons of time and none of our stories are going to make sense don't worry about it we're gonna tell it and <laughs> make it into a Marvel film. <laughs> because if you're sitting around a fire all day, you've got to make your story spicy. <laughs> they didn't have Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, so they're like, we got to tell stories and we got to make them good. <laughs> so this is what we're gonna say. Oh, so that's how that's the origin myth, the origin myth of Norse mythology. The second thing I'm going to talk about real quick is just the different realms because we mentioned some of them just now, but there's nine of them in Norse mythology. So we've got Nilfheim that we talked about, the realm of fog and mist. This is the coldest and darkest part. Then we've got Mispelheim, which is the land of fire, which I think is super interesting when you think of number one, Game of Thrones, like the land of fire and ice. Also, that land of fire and ice is what they call Iceland, right? Because it's super there's lots of ice there but there's also lots of volcanoes so they called it the land of fire and ice so it's interesting when you think the first people in iceland were the uh, scandinavian people and the icelandic language is like norwegian but 500 years behind it's like really interesting Um, but yeah so when they got to iceland they were like oh shit the mythology was right look at it i think that's pretty fun so we got those two words I know. I feel like they got there. They're like, oh, my God, it was real. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Maybe not now. You walked in, but like, I can see why. Yeah. They were probably like, oh, the stories are true. This is great. So then we have 
Next is Asgard, which people have heard of again from Marvel. In the middle of the world, and it's up in the middle of the world, high up in the sky. Okay, that's oxymoron, but it's no problem. So it's really high up in the sky. That's where Asgard is. Asgard. Asgard is like Olympia, basically, and it's home to all the gods and goddesses. Odin is the ruler of Asgard and the chief of the Aesir, which is those specific gods. And he's married to Frigg. And she's the queen of the Aesir, but Frigg is from somewhere else, and we'll mention that in a minute. Um, so inside Asgard is where Valhalla, people always talk about Valhalla. Valhalla is where the uh, warriors will go after they die in battle. The other half go to Folkvanagur, which is ruled by the goddess Freya. That's in a different place. Freya is the one with the cats. She's super magical and she loves cats, okay? That's all you need to know right now about Freya. We'll talk about her later. She's pretty cool. Um, then you got Midgard. Midgard's for all the people. And the, how you get from Asgard to Midgard is actually pretty cool. There's a big there's a big bridge called Bifrost. It's literally a rainbow. It's pretty cool. You get to, <laughs> you get to ride it when you go down to the humans. It's awesome. But there's this guy, and I forget his name, but there's a guy who... Uh, yeah, I forget his name too. It starts in H. Heimdall, yes, Heimdall, exactly. Thank you so much. Heimdall <laughs> is the one who guards Bifrost, the bridge. So you have to get through him, and he sounds like he's very serious about his job. So be careful. Um, Midgard is also surrounded by a huge ocean that's apparently impassable, but not if you're from Asgard because you can just go about the bridge. Then we got Jotunheim. Jotunheim, like I said, is the land of the giants, and they're only allowed to live over there. They're the sworn enemies of the Aesir. And it's mostly rocks and wilderness and forests because that's where the giants like to hang out. The Aesir and the Jotun are constantly fighting because, I don't know, because because Odin, yeah, Odin killed their, like, their founders. So <laughs> great friends. Just 100 million years later, still arguing. <laughs> exactly. They're still mad about it, so they don't have fun. And also... Weirdly enough, okay, if you look at the family tree, Loki is half a giant, basically. Actually, I think Loki is made of two giants. I have to double check. I can always forget. But Loki is one of the only gods who can travel uh, between Asgard and Jotunheim because he's half a giant. And they just, I think they just, Loki's one of those people that you always invite to the party, even though you know they're a hot mess, because you know they're going to do something messy that we can talk about tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Loki's that friend who you're like should we invite her she does not know how to act but you're like no we're gonna invite her (laughs) (laughs) more spice to the party but she's gonna get too drunk but she's gonna say something crazy but it's gonna be fun (laughs) (laughs) so you're gonna get away with it the next day exactly we're all gonna get over it it's gonna be so fun to talk about later like remember how she acted so nuts so Loki did come from Jotunheim, uh, but later on in a lot of stories in Asgard, he gets in trouble all the time. So he ends up having to go back a couple times and run away. So Jotunheim is separated from Asgard again by another river that it never freezes over so that you know that. Okay. And then there's Vanalheim, which is the home of the Vanir. The Vanir, that's where, is that where Frigg is from? Yeah. Frigg, Odin's wife is from there. And she married Odin as like a way to make peace between them because they're an old branch of gods. They're all about sorcery and magic and they're widely known for predicting the future. Nobody knows exactly where this land is or where it's located or what it looks like. I guess they don't talk about that in the Edda, in the poem. Uh, But in the end, they fought with the Aesir for a long time, the Vanir and the Aesir. But then they stopped fighting and Frigg was like, I'm going to be the peacemaker and go marry Odin and we're going to be fine. So that's how they all ended up stopped fighting was because of Frigg. She actually saved everybody. Then we have Alfheim, which is the home of the light elves. And it's right next to Asgard. The light elves are beautiful creatures. They're considered like the guardian angels. And they uh, are usually minor gods of nature and fertility. And they can help or hinder humans with their knowledge of magical powers. And then we have Vartalfheim, which is a home of the elves. And they live under rocks, caves, in the underground. They're the ones who are super skilled craftsmen. And they're the ones who made uh, the hammer for Thor and all the different magical items. There's a magical ring that I think Freya has. 
There's a lot of stuff that they make. So they all get it from this land. And then the last one is Helheim. So Helheim is the home of the dishonorable dead. So Helheim is the land for thieves, murderers, and people that they feel didn't do anything good in their lives. Like I said before, people who are in battle go to Valhalla. People who are just like generally good people but didn't fight, they go to Folkvanger. So Helheim is ruled by Hel, H-E-L. She's the daughter of Loki. And the interesting thing about Hel is half of her face is one really beautiful woman and the other half is all decayed and like you can see all her tendons and it's like kind of gross. But like be who you want to be. I love it. No, you'll be fine. (laughs) Fancy beauty. Like it'll solve anything. So Hel will use the dead in her realm at Ragnarok to attack the gods and the goddesses. At the plains of Vigrid, which is will be the end of the world. And the last thing we're going to briefly touch on. I'm not going to go really into it. But the last thing of Norse mythology 101 is Ragnarok. What is Ragnarok? That is the end of the world for um, the Norse. They think that and this time a whole bunch of gods and goddesses are going to fight. They're, the Aesir are going to fight the giants. Helheim somehow going to be mixed up in it too. She's going to fight. And then a bunch of gods are going to die. And there's going to be a serpent from Midgard that comes out from the sea and sprays poison. It's going to be a dramatic scene, everybody, when this happens. Also, there's a giant who lives in Milfelheim. This is the land of the fire. He's the only one who can deal with it. His name is Serker. And he's going to set, apparently, Asgard, like, on fire. Uh, I kind of just want some popcorn and just sit on the ground. <laughs> it's going to be chaos of... Just like, munching away. Yes. Hell's breaking loose. Exactly. There's also a wolf, Fenrir, and Fenrir has been chained up somewhere, and Fenrir's about to get loose during Ragnarok, and he's going (laughs) to lose his (laughs) shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's just going to lose his fucking mind, and he's going (laughs) to spread death and destruction. The sun and the moon are going to be destroyed by two other wolves. Where'd they come from? School and Haiti. And even the world tree is going to shake in the ground, which is really bad. Odin's apparently going to die at this point because Loki's going to turn on the Aesir. We all knew Loki was going to turn on. I don't know why they're acting like it's a surprise. And he's going to fight Heimdall, who we mentioned before, and they're going to kill each other. There's oh, there's just a lot that's going to happen. Who's going to kill? Like reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> They should make, I don't know why they haven't made a movie about just this because it's amazing what's going to happen. The Midgard serpent's going to kill everybody because it's going to spray the poison. is going to be killed by the giant from the Firelands. And then he's going to set, the fire giant's going to set everything, the whole tree on fire. And but Odin, how, did they know, how did they know this is all going to happen? I don't know. So I think in the, the runes. I don't know. The runes spread. Yes. Whoever wrote the edit. Yes. They did the runes a few times and they were like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh my God, this is terrible. I better write all this I'll down. I'll put the runes back in the bag now. I don't know. <laughs> even, I know. They were reading and they, even they were like, oh no, this is so bad. Oh gosh. But after all this terrible stuff oh and how does it begin there's gonna be a red rooster that warns all the giants okay that's fine where the fuck is the red rooster (laughs) there's gonna be a red rooster that's like "Ah, oh my god the world's ending and then heimdall's gonna blow a horn really loud and he's gonna warn everybody that the war started and all these god and there's a couple gods that died there's a god named balder who died i think he balder was actually odin's son loki killed him it's a whole thing it wasn't great um, but they're gonna return from the dead and they're gonna fight blah 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 so then after all that happens there's gonna be a new earth that rises from the sea most of the gods will have died but there's gonna be new gods that come and new people that come and they're gonna fix everything and everything will be fine so just know that. Uh, oh, Odin's actually, Odin's two sons, Vider and Vali, will be two of the ones who survive. And they're going to help everybody fix everything. Thor's going to die somehow. Uh, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine in the end. Uh, so that's... Have a glass of wine and wait for it all to blow over. <laughs> just sit back and don't worry about it. Uh, so everything's going to be, oh, there's going to be a dragon that feeds on the corpses. So they'll get rid of that, all that decay. It'll be no problem. Don't worry about that. You don't have to bury anyone. So that is <laughs> your Norse Anthology 101. And 
Again, at some other point, we're going to get into other stories. So just remember this episode. If you're like, where are all these places and what's going on? Just listen to us. Okay. So that brings us now to the end of the show. And Lily, do you want to tell us where we can find you on the internet and anything you have going on? Um, Literally, it's at Mystic Primrose. So that would be on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. My website is mysticprimrose.com. If you get any messages from people that have Mystic Primrose in the name, but there's lots of variations and lots of exclamation marks and different letters and all sorts, they're all just fake accounts. Please just ignore them. (laughs) They'll be trying to scam you out to the tarot card reading. So... (laughs) Just no, ignore that. And now <laughs> you know that Lily does not read tarot. So if they offer you one, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> She's a rune girl, okay? And <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much everywhere. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, just so you guys know, again, we're at Dying with the Divine and we're here on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, again, give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast, if you so choose. And... I, me, Ashley, I'm at Sankofa HS, that's S-A-N-K-O-F-A on Instagram and Sankofa Healing Sanctuary on Facebook if you want to connect with me. And thank you so much again, Lily, for being here. This was, yeah, this is tons of fun. It's always a good time. Um, and everybody listening, I hope you guys have an awesome, wonderful week and I'll see you next week. Okay, bye.